This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition, maybe one of our final basketball editions of the Power Cat Questions podcast. Hmm, as K-State seeks to earn a spot in the NIT. I'm Tim Fitzgerald with Zach Carlson, Coles Carmody, and Ryan Gills Gilbert. Right here in the GPC studios as we answer our subscribers' questions from Wabash Station. Everyone can listen, but only the special few can ask. Not that they're that special. They just they hang out with us. That's pretty cool. Anyhow, we're sponsored by The Fridge, which is also pretty damn cool. Get into The Fridge whenever you come to Manhattan. Remember, this weekend is fake Patty's Day. You might want to avoid Aggieville and just drink in The Fridge parking lot. That is life advice from Fitz. Is that, is that legal? I think it is, yeah. I think you can drink in the parking lot. You just can't go in and drink. But trust me, you can't just go in and sample. They actually have to have samples offered. You can't just say, hey, is this Tito's delicious or what? And just start chugging. You can't do that. That's illegal. Do they need some have brown paper bags and some bread Solo cups for the parking lot? Probably. I like it. Let's just all tailgate on Saturday after the K-State basketball game at the fridge. The Fridge Wholesale Liquor at the corner of this and that, where you will be arrested for drinking in public if you join Fitz on Saturday. There you go. There we go. That's good life advice. Again, these are your questions from Wabash Station and Mr. Ryan Gills Gilbert, who served me lunch today, being, what is today? Tuesday. Playing on Monday night throws me off. It just really screwed me up. I, I want this to be like Wednesday or Thursday, and it's only Tuesday. Speaking of screwed up, Gills, take it away. <laughs> First, <laughs> first question comes from El Camino Cat. What are your thoughts on Mike McGurl and Mark Smith? It will be their last home game on Saturday. Should K-State fans show up to Bramwich to send them off right? Absolutely. I mentioned it in my three takeaways. I'm all in. I mean, I appreciate what Mark's given the program this year. I mean, he's had a great year. He's been a great teammate, great representative, but mostly Mike. I mean, Mike was on the Elite Eight team. Burned his redshirt that year, supposedly, and then COVID gave him back a redshirt yeah. season, basically. He was on the Big 12 championship team, and he's he's tried to lead this program through some really rough times, and he's done it nobly and with class. And I think K-Staters should be very thankful of what Mike McGurl has given the program. I think Mike McGurl is one of the most important people um, that K-State is going to have in the next few years simply because if this group stays together – they will have taken away the only person that 
has been on some winning teams. And so what that means is his leadership, and especially Mark Smith's leadership as well. I know he's only been here one season, but they'll be missed, right? Mm -hmm. If you keep this group together, you're going to have to find a new leader because those two guys are your leaders. Mike McGurl hasn't always produced at the highest level, but he's given his all. And I think that's almost as important as anything. And I talked about this on one of our last podcasts, but he just is a wildcat. Like there's no other way around it. He is a K-Stater and he deserves some, some recognition for that because I feel like he has really not gotten much love from the fan base this season. Um, again, he hasn't produced at a super high level because quite honestly, that's just not his natural role. But yeah, I think you should, you should come to Bramlage on Saturday simply for the fact that Mark Smith and Mike McGurl both love this university, and they've given their all this year, and they deserve it. Sorry, Drew, honest. We're not forgetting about you. Yeah, sorry, Drew. I think Mark Smith kind of reinvented himself coming to K-State. It's amazing. Drew does have the option to come back next season. Oh, he does? Yep. Ooh. Okay, um, wow. I think Mark Smith will go down as... <laughs> <laughs> derailing everything. I think Mark Smith's going to go down and this will probably be a new category of, you know, one year transfer portal type guys that, you know, they make an immediate impact, but they're just there for a year. And I think that for a while he could very well be one of those, you know, the best one that K-State brings in. Um, and then Mike, obviously the whole career, you know, five years, however long, like you said, Cole, you know, he's the winner of this group. He's the only one that's truly experienced winning anything of substance. And if if this group does stay together, you know, like you said, Cole, the his his leadership is what you're gonna have to rely on, you know, provided you you know, they stay together and you don't bring in a whole bunch of guys that haven't won either. He's a class kid. He just is. He's handled himself incredibly well. We've talked so much about the transfers and, and how many you know people do, do transfer from K-State. And McGurl could have easily just transferred away when K-State was struggling last season or two seasons ago. And he could have easily also just hung up his sneakers and said, hey, I'm, I'm done with basketball, you know. Let's be honest here. K-State didn't have a great chance to make the NCAA tournament this season. They made it interesting at times. But, you know, just from a girl to come back and, you know, go through the hardships of, of losing so many games. I think, you know, it was 3-15 and 15, and then 5-13 and 13 were K-State's two conference records coming into this season. Um, so no offense to Mark Smith. You know, he's a great kid, but he was only here for one year. But this is all about Mike McGurl. I agree. I agree. Next question comes from Contra Cat. Can you recall a season with as many close or coin flip games with predominantly L's to show for it? Jim Woldridge every year. <laughs> I mean, this is Jim Woldridge all over. They played so many close games when he was coach, but it was the same thing. His teams weren't defined enough. They weren't quite good enough. This isn't chance. I mean, it is in some ways when you're relying on chucking up 30-foot shots at the buzzer. Yeah, your your winning percentage is going to align pretty well with the chances of making the shot, which is about 30%. Now, they they just don't know what they need to do during those moments, and yet um, they keep repeating the same mistakes. And I just – I yeah, they've lost a lot of close games. You want to know why? Because they're not a good enough team to win close games. That, this isn't – you know, you do suffer some form of misfortune over the course of events of a season. There's no doubt about it. Sometimes you get a bad break. Maybe Monday night in Lubbock was a bad break with a couple calls that might have decided the game. I get that. Once in a while that happens. But over the course of the season, if you're Nebraska football or K-State basketball, you are what your record says you are. 
for a reason. When you're 29 games in, it's not misfortune. That's a great sample size. You're not good enough to consistently win close games. You're not defined enough as a team. You're not coached enough well enough as a team. All of that becomes very apparent over the entire course of a season. So, no, it's, I think it was Kellis, you know, Robinette who had the tweet, if they flip that, they're in. Yeah, but if they flip that, they probably win other games because they're a much better team. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't, I don't agree with people that, that think losing close games just means you're unlucky. You're not putting yourself in a position to win games. That's what it means. So I, I, I don't know. I, I saw it all over again with Woldridge. It was just the same thing, same thing, same thing. And, you know, that was always the hunt for the postseason, trying to get in the NIT. I feel like I'm in some kind of weird matrix where I'm reliving my life again, just with less hair and more fat. I will say that I've made this comparison before, and I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast or not, but I've definitely told Ryan this, and I've texted you guys this, but this feels like Nebraska football of 2021. Like, this K-State basketball team feels like Nebraska football. Um, Close losses and win the games you should, but lose the games you should by close, right? Nebraska football lost to OU by seven. They lost every other game by one possession. Every game they lost in 2021 was by one possession. That's Nebraska football. That's K-State basketball. And the other thing I want to add is that right now in history, I'm talking about Napoleon Bonaparte, okay? You guys are familiar with him. I hope this uh, is going to be short. This is going to be very short. That was a very good one. He actually All wasn't right, that short. Here. I got to go. I got to go. See you. To counter your point. Okay. Napoleon, when he was criticized of having lucky generals and not good ones, he said, I'd rather have lucky generals than good ones. With all that being said, I'd rather have a really lucky team than a good team that loses. And quite honestly, I feel like that's where K-State. They're kind of good, but they're not good enough to create their own luck, so they lose. Zach? (laughs) Empty. My did brain I just is empty blow trying. your mind? No, you didn't blow it. You just confused it. I don't know how to respond. I, I believe in a degree of luck, but in the world of competition, I, luck for me is things that are completely out of my control. But you have to create your own luck if you're K-State, right? I don't think you create your luck. You create your fortune. You create your... Your you create your excuses and for when just, you lose. Yeah, just I, seeing how many games K State has won that are close that they absolutely could have lost and gone the other way. I, I think K State. I think K State is fairly within their luck, so to speak. Mm-hmm. They they've created their luck by winning some close games, and also they've lost some close games because if you flip all the results, I think you still end up at what six and eleven, whatever they are. That's that's what they are. Luck is me gambling, and I got Iowa State by two, and Nigel Pack chucks in a three-pointer, and I lose. That's bad luck. <laughs> I had no control over anything that just took place. But it's not for luck for Nigel Pack to make the three because he's taken those shots before. I, I would say that K-State created their own luck on Monday because they had a chance to tie the game with their best player who had the ball shooting a shot. That, A, he can make, and B, there was a foul. But guess what? The luck, they didn't get called. So K-State may have created their own luck on Monday. They just didn't win. Let me ask you a question. If 
I slap a line drive down the third base line, and it's fair, but it hits the bag, pops up, and uh, I don't know, goes in a weird corner, and I get it inside the park home run. Was that luck, or by putting the ball in play, did I create my opportunity to be successful? Yeah. I, I, as, as a baseball coach, I would say if you hit the ball hard, then you're creating your own luck. So if you're good enough to create your own luck, good things will happen, and sometimes bad things will happen. But more oftentimes than not, good things will happen. Because if you don't create your own luck, then you just lose. I think luck I, I think that is a dangerous word yeah. to teach your kids. I really do, Cole. I think you create opportunity. You create sure. Yeah, I don't, you I, need, I, you I need think, skill to hit a baseball. You I don't think, need luck. I think luck is, um, you know, the and guy it, next to you gets struck by lightning and not you. It's something completely out of your control. Uh, so I don't know. I they just haven't been good enough. I don't I mean, think you, I agree. You look I at agree. these games over and over. They're not good enough. They're not they're not getting enough help off the bench. They're not whatever's going on, they're just not good enough to win these games. You were that's what I was gonna say, Fitz, is like go back to some of these games, the game at West Virginia, K State was up what, fifteen, home game against KU, seventeen point lead. Just keep your lead. Keep your composure. There's no reason that game should have been close at all. And we can count with all these single digit losses where if, you know, sure, K State had some luck go their way, they do win. But in most of those games, they had big leads, right? Do you think KU regards their rally at K-State as luck? No. No, I don't either. Because they're good enough to not have to create their own luck. Right. There's a threshold where you can be beyond that, and right now they're not. I think so getting, up by, getting up by 20 against KU or whatever and being like, oh, well, let's hope we're lucky. That's exactly <laughs> they right. They should have just gotten us – if they go and get a stop and use skill – uh, this is ridiculous. I mean, I even think. when teams like Iowa State or whoever shoots the three ball a ton and are having a hot day, like it's not even luck at that point. They're making their shots, right? Yeah. There's no luck there. Yep. Lucky is when Ryan Gilbert is leaves at closing time. Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, never mind. Closing <laughs> time. We'll, we'll <laughs> All right. Next question comes from Rastlin, 1982. Who's the second best rebounder on the team? McGurl? God, this is a valid question. I don't even know who's number two in, in am, the stats. Am I weird for thinking Marquise Noel might be the second best rebounder? Let's look this up because that is a valid point. Let's see. Stats. I bet it's my girl. Who is it? <laughs> Individual. I, I think it's probably my girl. It could be. It seriously could be Noel. I think he averages like four point four rebounds a game. Davion? Nope. No. 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 He doesn't play enough minutes. <laughs> None of you are right. Casey? Is it Miguel? It's Miguel. Wow. 4.3 a game. What is Noel? Uh, let's see. Mark is Mark Smith's 8.5. Uh, the first Noel is 3.5. So he's close, yeah. Nigel Pack's wow. 3.7. Oh, Would you wow. have guessed that Pack averages more rebounds than Noel? I wouldn't have. Mm-mm. McGurl's 3.4. I wouldn't have guessed McGurl's the last one of those three either. How many times? How many? I'd be curious to see. How many rebounds, like if you were to chart how many rebounds the guards get that's, that aren't Mark Smith, how many times do they get the ball after it's hit the floor on a rebound? They have that. It's called the how many times was the ball hit the floor <laughs> hard chart. <laughs> <laughs> this is just so disgusting. If you take the stats of Davion Bradford, Casey Iziagu, Ismail Masood, and uh, uh, Carl Lingard, their their rebounds don't add up to Mark Smith in the game. 
You could probably add Landers, and that's not even well going to break. It. Or does it? <laughs> no. It uh, well, let's do that then. Actually, why? No, we don't know. We, he, <laughs> he's a big. He hasn't played for. Yeah, that's the that's it's a oh, deceiving man. stat because yeah. he I averages one point two. Oh wow! But he's only got thirteen total. <laughs> let's see. Let's just do this real quick. Let's see. That's uh, thirty-two. That's eighty-seven. Uh, my God, I got to do math, man. Ninety-five, one fifty-five. I'm sure your Amazon lady could do this for you. Oh, hey, uh, Alexa, what's 155 plus 78? 155 plus 78 is 233. Mark Smith has 247 rebounds. So every guy over taller than Mark Smith on this roster has fewer rebounds combined than Mark Smith. That's so sad. That's actually so sad. Hey, Alexa, thank you very much for the math. Absolutely. Yeah, Happy she. To help. Yeah, she. Uh, Hope you had a good Tuesday. Wow, she just <laughs> keeps talking. She's lonely. Oh, she really is. Oh, she in. just sent me a text of her boobs. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> bad girl, Alexa. Bad. So, me and Cole were talking about this the other day. How much of Bradford's and Aziagu's and all of these big men's lack of progression is on the coaches? I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I mean, at the end of the day, the coaches are responsible. But look, I'm not down. I did I talk to you at lunch about this about Bradford? Mm-hmm. I think he's fine. I just think he needs an off season to get in shape and yeah. get healthy yeah. and get back to the way the the type of player he was coming into his freshman season because he he had such a good off season preparing himself to play college basketball, and now he's had the flu and he's had an injury and he's had COVID and strep throat pneumonia. Uh, everything. He said everything. It. He had Ebola. <laughs> um, and uh, I I think he's going to be fine. Casey's body's just done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if he just shuts it down. I mean, I just feel for the kid. I love that kid. At, I, what, at what point do you have to have – you have a track record of not being able to coach big men. Yep. Which is true. So that's, that's, that was my point. It's like, let me point out that in the process of hiring a new coach, if that's what it comes to, one of the top things it's in the, uh, the K-State athletics constitution. Hey, did you know that K-State has a constitution? It's under glass in in the athletic department. Anyhow, it says thou shall not, I think that's the Bible, uh, recruit a big man that can actually play. So there we go. It's (laughs) commandments. I think just roll with it. Um, yeah, I, it's just seriously. K State hasn't had a really good, true big man, big man since probably Bob Boozer and Jack Parr in the nineteen fifties and sixties. This is not anything new. Ed Neely was a big man, but he wasn't a true center. He was a power forward. He was definitely a power forward. But they haven't had that kind of dominant center yeah. forever. It's just crazy how bad. I thought Bradford was going to be it, and maybe he still will be, but he's taking a big step back. So you don't think that anything, any of it falls on the coaches then? You just think that it's just the players? Well, not being familiar with how their those practices are going. I mean, at the end of the day, you gotta you got to hold them accountable for guys not getting significantly better. When injuries are the problem, that's a little bit different. And Lingard got off to a slow start, but why did we see Lingard for a while? Now we don't see him anymore. I mean, out of all the bad crap we see from big men on this K-State roster, you've decided he's so bad he can't play. Give me a freaking break. I feel like we've seen progression from big men in the past. Maybe not necessarily from this staff, but, you know, if you want to go back to, like, the likes of DJ Johnson, 
DJ didn't play much as a freshman, yeah. as a sophomore. He got a, a lot more minutes as a junior and senior and ended up as a very cal- capable big man. One of the better ones K-State's had in a long time. And there were times when he looked like he did not belong on the court at all. Right. Mm-hmm. I just don't have confidence that any of these guys can do that. And I was talking to Ryan about this. Probably the same conversation, I would assume. <laughs> talking about Levi Stockard because Ryan put out a piece of, hey, the transfers that were – left and the transfers that came in like what would what would the roster look like and i said i didn't have faith that the coaching staff could develop levi soccer to be better than what he was when he left and it's pretty damning it's pretty I, accurate yeah. i just i can't sit here and tell you that levi soccer would be better than any of these guys and that just has the same thing to do with i don't know if because I, I don't know we haven't seen it and so that that was my point about that but i don't even know what the question was i was asked but you know it's just one of those things to where uh, talking about rebounding. You don't know if they could be able to get rebounds. You just don't. Nope. From El Camino Cat, should Nigel Pack, Mark Smith, and Marquise Noel all receive all Big 12 honors? It will be interesting. I mean, there's only so many slots. And you're asking me here on a moment's notice to boil down all 10 rosters into 15 slots on the all Big 12. I don't know how it's going to break down. I'll, all I'll say, the only thing I really want to fight for is Nigel being first team. Yeah. Mark will probably be second team. And and maybe Marquise will be third. Maybe. Honorable mention. Honorable. I would think. Yeah. I mean. At best. But, guys, if you've got three of the top 20 players in the conference and you finish in, you know, one of the bottom slots, that's that, that something's wrong. That's just. I don't want to hear that they weren't good or they weren't experienced or anything. I mean, these. This has just been a season that, um, you can look at it as they weren't good enough, or maybe the coaches didn't get enough out of them. There's two edges, two sides of that edge, and I don't know which one it is. Nigel should be first team. I think we all can agree on that. Right? I'm going to predict that he's second team, though. I agree with I, I both of those. Believe, yeah. Yes. He should, should be, be first, first team. He's going to be second. I think Mark Smith will be honorable mention at best. Really? I, I think Smith I will be above Noel. And I don't think Marquise Noel is going to sniff any okay. sort of uh, postseason award. See, I think I think Smith will actually end up third team just because. Do they do third team? They do mm-hmm. third team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I, I just think because he's been so dominant rebounding the basketball and oppo- opposing his coaches that vote on this, right? There's two different teams. I was about to say that. I think Nigel will get more respect from the coaches than the media. I think Nigel and Mark will both get more respect from the coaches, and I could see Noel getting more respect from the media just because of— He's flashy. Yeah. So We like shiny things. We do. Yeah. That's why people love my head. Is that it? What are you doing? Over We've there? got one more. Oh, I was just looking still, at your head. Sorry. You, you're still in command, right? Your bald head, yeah. Okay. Last question of the first half comes from a new member, Go Stay Kate. So welcome. Hold on. What, what, what? I didn't mess That's up. Good. I swear to God. <laughs> Go Stay Kate. Oh, my God. Is there... It is some wordplay. Hell yeah. Oh. Yeah. But we can't assume this is a female named Kate. We can't, we can't. at nope. this point. Because we have Erica, who's a dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused. This, this for an old guy. We're going to have to add a pronouns window onto our website just to keep everything clear. Read the question before I get in trouble. Ghost AK's question is: Who would have been the coolest customized jersey when you were a kid? When you were in college, who is the coolest this year? And guest for 2025. So this is building off of Fanatics K State. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's a great question. Their partnership. And they've done this, Fanatics has done this with most universities across the board. They'll make custom 
officially licensed jerseys. The players will have their last names on them, and they will get a cut of those sales as if they were in the NBA, NFL, whatever. NHL, so K State jerseys. So is it literally just the jerseys, the player? Or is there something that I'm doing to this jersey? You got to help me out here. Like fanatics, if if you want a Deuce Vaughn jersey, you go on to fanatics and say, "I want a Deuce Vaughn jersey." They'll send you a 22, and it'll say Vaughn on the back. That's and it. Previously, and he'll get a cut. Previously, you just had one generic jersey that yeah. was sometimes the player of uh, the star player. What but, do you think the cut is? Ten percent. Ah. I think currently those jerseys sell for what eighty, eighty-five bucks mm-hmm. a piece right now. K State's cut is thirteen-ish percent, I think, mm-hmm. from just the the logos and licensing. Well, the price is going to go up. Price will probably go up. I'm going to guess they're going to be between a hundred and a hundred twenty for a custom jersey. I hope so, the yeah. kids make a lot of money off it, but you're going to have to sell a lot of Deuce Vaughn's yeah. jerseys for him to go buy a car. Anyhow, back to the question. <laughs> um, I'm old, uh, so. Uh, back when I went to Kansas State, the players actually wore like um, burlap sacks. They were, that's how old I am. They had helmets without face masks. They they didn't have helmets. They just used clubs. It's clubs. It's a it's a long misunderstood part of football. I'm not even going to do football because when I was young, they stunk. When I was young, they got on probation for cheating with a team that hardly won any games. You got to be a special breed of bad to cheat and still be bad. Um, it's like KU football. Yeah, it is, actually. Gavin Potter, we love you, man. Hey, um, speaking of guys on the was Side note, that tweet today, or that Leipold coming out and saying that he's not with us right now, just it makes it sound like he's dead and that he might be able to bring him back to life. I don't put it past Lance Leipold. I mean, if he's been hired at KU, he's got better Can I, that just a, It was a funny wording. Anyway. Uh, I would say... From basketball, mine would have been Mike Evans, who is the guy that reminds me so much of Nigel Pack, or Nigel Pack reminds me of him. Um, when I was in college, this gets dicey. Do I take Kevin Muff or Brad Underwood? You're that old? Damn. Yeah. Yeah. It, look, when I was in college, I mean, football was decent for one year. I mean, I guess you could got the Daryl Ray Dickey jersey as a quarterback, but... There's nobody you didn't wear sports were so bad you didn't wear K State stuff, let alone a uniform. I'm I'm not lying. It was like a they were gonna get rid of K State apparel. They're you, just gonna cancel it. There was like an unwritten rule on the first day of classes, you could always tell the freshmen because they were the ones in the K-State stuff, and the rest of us had been broken, and we didn't wear that stuff on campus. It's the culture just changed so much, it's amazing. Let's pass it on to some people that uh, went to school during uh, actual living people's times. I, for for my childhood, I'm going to go first. Sorry, Zach. I've okay. just been over here looking. My I childhood. Just, I can't get. I can't get this off. I want the Michael Beasley um, cat scratch. Yes. Yeah, I have one of those. I know, I know, and that's the thing. But you know how cool it would be to just have Beasley on the back. But they don't sell the white one, do they? Did they sell they, the white one? I don't think they – well, no, they did sell the white one. I think it was just like the replica, replica jersey. I would want the white version. cat scratch. That would be the ultimate childhood jersey. I think mine's the black one. It's nice. See, that's the thing though. When I was growing up, Nike would make 
a player each year, a player, air right, quotes. Right. There's no name on the back, right. but, oh, they're selling a gray Jacob Pollinger or a, a gray K-State zero jersey. Oh, that's Jacob Pollin. Yeah. You know, a number three football jersey. Oh, that's Al Roberson. You know, there's, we did have jerseys that were kind of close, but we understood why you couldn't have the names on the back. Then 2005 comes around, comes along and Bill Snyder gets rid of the names on the back. So, hey, all your those replica jerseys are are looking good. That Jordy Nelson jersey looks perfect. But yeah, I don't I don't know what my answer would be. I'll go Kurt Kelly when I was a kid. Mm. Barry Brown from college. And then this year, I don't know. Are we epic this year? Yeah, that's part of the question from Go State. This year stat K Cat State Cat. You got to write the first time, and then you just <laughs> or Deuce Vaughn. Deuce That'd Vaughn. Be my Deuce Vaughn's the answer for this year. Twenty twenty five though. Jake Rubley. Wow. What? What are you want? Fine. Out? Fine. Will Howard. Twenty twenty five. How about this? Twenty twenty five. Avery Johnson. Ooh. Let's mm. let's be realistic. Let's <laughs> calm down. Did you guys know there's a younger Lockett? After Sterling? Oh, yeah. There's twins. There's twins. I just found that out the There's other day. There's two. There's twins coming. Goodness gracious. We so, don't know if they're coming. I don't think they Well, let me 25. say that. They're, they're, they're coming up through school. Yes. Yes. yes yeah. Gavin Lockett's I'd prolific. Go with Sterling. Not only as a pass catcher, but as Sterling a Lockett? baby maker. Sure. Okay. <laughs> that just kind of went right by the young guys. There you go. They don't know what it is. I don't, they, I, they I don't choose, even know how to make I have a baby. selective hearing. That's what you No idea how to make a baby. Um, for out of uh, the current team, I would probably have to pick an offensive lineman so the uniform would fit me. But let's be honest. If I got a Deuce Vaughn jersey, it, it ain't going to work. This ain't going to work. Sounds like Cooper Beebe for you. I probably would get the Noah Johnson. I'm curious. Oh. If, it says 69 if, with Johnson. That is right up my alley. I'm curious if <laughs> the offensive lineman that chooses 69 is going to make any significant amount of revenue just because. Yeah, it's not a bad idea, particularly if uh, you come to K State and your name is Noah Nice, so your uniform says sixty nine. Nice. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Introducing the Two Way V Four, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two Way V Four gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two Way for yourself at NewBalance.com eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Power Cat Questions Podcast, sponsored by The Fridge. We're here in the studio, and we've got, we actually have the TV fired up. Is this the first time we've had the TV on during the podcast? Mm, I think we've, had yeah, we've done it a few times. Okay. Um, first time I really remember it. Yeah, no. it doesn't impact Zach because his back's to the TV. Yeah. But um, we're watching K State play baseball at Fullerton. And we just noticed as a Wildcat went to the fence to make a catch on the warning track, the Pi Kappa Alpha chapter at Fullerton has an advertisement on the wall. It says Pike, bigger, bigger than you could ever imagine, which is was my fraternity at K-State, is my fraternity at K-State. And, and out there in the left field somewhere that says Pike. And I, I noticed the font because it's the official font. It's like, wow, okay, well, I don't know why you need to advertise. I, I'm not sure. Are you sure it's not Zebulon Pike? No, I'm pretty sure Zebulon so doesn't really care about Fulton Bass baseball. He was it, headed west, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're getting lots of history in today. Oh, oh. Speaking of heading west, make sure you come over here and shop at the Fridge Wholesale Liquor whenever you're in town. Uh, it's somewhat west, right? Is this the yeah. west-ish side of town? What what do what do you guys consider the east west split of town? I think now it's Manhattan. Mm-hmm. I really do because the city's grown so much up twenty four. I don't consider this to be. I'm west. on the west side, right? The, you don't consider this west? This is west side for me. Oh, this is absolutely west. Really? See, I think like Colbert. To me, like everything's well, chunked together, west, and yeah. then everything's chunked together, and then like Colbert and stuff. That's out west. But like, if I have to come over here, I don't feel like it's. Anything out past the stadium. I think it's so campus is west side for me. Yeah, I think, I think that's college might be a good college right? or Denison. Somewhere between college and Denison. And it might be sunset. Could be. Could be. But Bramlage and the Bill are, are still west of Denison, and that's that's Brown- not the west side yet. Let's just say Browning. That that means I'm on the near west because I'm one block off of Browning. But you can't get here because of road construction. <laughs> this this project they just started that where I no longer can access my house very easily uh, will probably be completed somewhere a couple years after in Bath. So I'm really looking <laughs> forward to it. I definitely got lost on the way here. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Did, did you go past what? and then go left? I came from the wreck. I don't even know where I No, I don't know how to answer your question. So if you're going, if you're going uh, north on Browning coming down the hill um, and now you can't turn left on Dickens, by the way, folks, if you come into Bramlage using Dickens, which a lot of people have cut that corner and do that, don't do it. It's closed. Don't do it. You'll be in a world of hurt at that point. Uh, you have to just go past, and then those state streets are winding messes. But as I tell people, just keep turning left. You'll eventually well, get back I kept turning here. left, and I got to a little cul-de-sac with a dead end. Fits. Well, that happened to me, too. <laughs> that's, that's my coaching right there. Oh. Yellow. Ooh. I just... That's kind of fun. Here are your questions from Wabash Station. Oh, yeah, go to the fridge. I didn't make enough emphasis on that. Fridge, 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 fridge. Go. It's right by Browning. So is the fridge on the west side of town? Yeah, I think it is. Mm-hmm. There we go. That's where we all started with this west side thing. Because <laughs> it's at Westport. <laughs> hey. Oh. Mm. Or as I say, West Loop, <laughs> even though it's not. Because I'm dumb. Different liquor store. Yeah. From Wagcat, should oh, Bruce Weber man. or should, should Bruce Weber's Song tenure boy. come to an end in a few weeks? What one word or phrase would you use to describe his time at K State? Oh, I don't know. That is really Baby. tough, actually. I mean, because he 
some people want to define him by his championships, and I find it, you know, there's a real balance there because the championships are great, but this has been awful. I mean, I don't know. Really high highs and really low lows. Roller coaster. That's one word. Sure. Waves. Roller coaster. Good, yeah, yeah. How about headache? Because you know how you know how just listening to him on the sideline. It's like it's like a, it's like a hangover. Like that's the best way I can use to describe it is you you win the Big Twelve championship game and then you just feel like crap for the next three years. So that's, that's the best. That's, that's the best not way. Bad. That's right. not bad. You, and it starts as soon as they play in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. <laughs> win the Big Twelve, lose, lose. Someone actually, was it on Twitter or our message board, said, does it really matter if you lose in the first or the second round? Yeah, it matters. Winning matters. Yes, get to the second round. Advance at least one game every year. If you can't advance, you're not in the top 32 teams in the country in theory. Surely you can be. Uh, How about divisive? That's pretty good, too. It's not bad. And it's been a weird divisive because the very people who first protested him being hired, literally protested him being hired, um, then became supporters in a weird turn of events. And now they've turned back on him. But they aren't willing to go out and pick it. I don't think. Yeah. They just do it online. Yeah. Is it too cold outside or what's their issue? I don't know. Probably COVID. Probably, yeah, that's probably it. Um, all, all I know is uh, I don't expect them to be picketing this higher. I think people will like the higher if it comes to that. I'm feeling good. I've got good vibes. Folks, I have no inside information. Dougie. Dougie's coming, huh? Doug Gottlieb? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why they were upset they didn't get that. That's Doug why they were upset. Oh. I know how we can I'm fix sorry, officiating. Let's hire Doug Sermons as the basketball coach at K-State. Oh. That would be... Like 40 chess. Hire the worst <laughs> official to game the officials because it's a good old boys club. Yeah. You're well, going to get all the calls. I think based on what we saw Monday night, you hire Higgins. because Higgins then, always, 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 always in the pocket for K-State. Just saying. Maybe not, maybe not on Monday, but not last yeah. night. You pick up a win right there. If he's your coach, he's not on the floor officiating. And KU already hates him. John Higgins. Hey, Wally, let's put John Higgins on the hot board. Honestly, it's it's that not be, even. That it's, would be so funny to put John Higgins. Hilarious. It's not even worse than the whole Doug Gottlieb thing, though, because it's it's so outlandish that you might as well just say it. It belongs in the same group. Neither are worse. They're the same. And if someone says, could he actually build a program? I'm like, well, he knows how to put a roof on him. So let's just go with that. The ceiling is the roof. Roofering. <laughs> <laughs> From Purple Cheese, why do some fans feel that Bruce is owed some sort of hero send-off? Because he won two Big 12 championships, and we haven't won one at Kansas State other than the 70s or earlier. Do people feel like that? I mean, he's st- is he still considered the—I mean, granted, times are different. You play a lot more games, but he's the winningest coach, right? Most wins. He's had some good times here. He really has. He's Ned Yost. I've said it before. Bruce Weber is Ned Yost minus the championship. Ned Yost who stuck around too long. Well, Ned Yost, he kind of did stick around too long. I mean, valid. And they were terrible at the end of Ned Yost. And 
But with baseball, it is different. I mean, you are supposed to be getting up a bunch of schematics and getting your guys open, open shots, all that stuff. Yeah. With baseball, it's, you know, not much you can do in game. So there's I a agree. lot that falls back on Bruce. So you decided to coach a sport where there's not much coaching involved in game? There you go. That's how you yeah, be I, successful. I thought I could be more brutally honest, but I didn't mm-hmm. want to defeat your moral. That's why I'm a bowling coach. Hey, just roll that down that wooden area there and hit those things there. There, that's my coaching. So, how many supporters? Cephas. What percent of what percent of the K State fan base wants Bruce Weber back next year? Less than one percent. I think the well, yeah. I think the key word in that sense is want. I don't think many people really actually like. Yeah, we got to bring him back. I think some people are like I'd be okay with it. And I think we're, we're we've got some talent here, and that. But that's. Is that because they're scared of the unknown? Right. That's always the the supporters. I've called them settlers for a long time because they'll just settle anywhere. I mean, look, there's a great Ron White comedy bit about people that settled Kansas. What a bunch of blanking quitters. You were on your way to the mountains <laughs> and you said, let's stop here and name it Topeka. I mean, it's a really funny bit, but it's that kind of attitude like, oh, this is good enough. This is fine. This is good. He'll get them there. We're young. Well, yeah, because everyone left. I mean, it was it's just kind of a repeating storyline. And, oh, this is fine. This is okay. This is good. What do you want from us? Do you think we should win a Big 12 title every year? No, I think you should probably, on average, be above average. I mean, that's been my line for years now. If being above average is too much to ask, we're screwed as a university, whether that's academics or athletics or anything else. If you can't be above average amongst your peers in the Big 12, what the F are you doing with anything? And I, I don't feel like over the long run, this program has been above average. Certainly these last three years have been a giant weight on everything dragging it down. I, I like this team. Don't get me wrong. Folks, they are 6-11 and 11 in the Big 12. I, I think they win Saturday, but I'm not confident of it. But they'll either be 7-11 and 11 or 6-12, and 12, and none of that translates to they're almost there. When he was almost there in the past, they were 8-10. and 10. And then the next year they were 10-8, and eight, and then they were 14-4. and four. Look it up. It happened both times I won the Big 12 title. 8-10, and 10-8, and 14-4. So they're not even on course to be where he took them in the past. They're behind that already. It's maddening. Yeah, I think – I mean, I think at this point the writing's on the wall. You know what needs to be done. K-State knows what needs to be done. And I think that and – and I texted Riley this the other night, and he posted it to the board because I was busy and yada, yada. Um, but since it's out there, I think you need to make the decision saying, hey – we're done with Bruce Weber at the end of the season. Guess what? There's one more home game. Come out. You can show your support for the good times. And guess what? You can cheer and, you know, try getting that win. And after that, move on. Because truly, these guys deserve to play in the postseason. If it's the NIT, CBI, whatever, they deserve if they're going to stick around, they deserve to play in the postseason. And at some point, I think you need to move on, get your search going and saying, hey, right, that's key. Hey, we have decided to make a move. We're going to keep playing, but we're going to do it with Shane, whoever. Have somebody coach them through the postseason. Let it be about the guys and not about the coach. Is this where I get to talk about the NIT? 
Or is there another question? Okay. Go for it. I got, Just I, I, I got thoughts. I Just got go. stuff. So Kellis put out a tweet um, on Monday, on Tuesday, that um, K-State's still looking to book the extra game. It's not really an extra game. It's a makeup game because they had a game canceled. Let's be clear about that. They're just trying to play their allotment of games, and that I understand. But it was always to try to get one more win to get in the NCAA tournament. Now that that's, that's dead, I mean, you got to win the Big 12 tournament at this point to get in. Uh, the thought is maybe they can get one more to get in the NIT. And while the NIT doesn't have any selection rules – other than if you are a regular season champion of your conference that loses the the tournament and doesn't get in the NCAA tournament, you automatically get an automatic bid to the NIT. They have no selection. There's nothing that says at 15 and 16, K-State couldn't play in the NIT, but I still don't see them doing it. Mm-hmm. So now I'm thinking they're just trying to get them to 500 or better going into the NIT so they can get in. Why? As Michael Goins pointed out in our text message, he has 497 victories in the career. If he wins Saturday, that'll be 498. Do you see him winning two in Kansas City? I don't. But maybe if, because folks, if they win Saturday, they're back to 500. If they split in Kansas City, they win one and lose one, they're at 500. And I don't know if they get in. And he would end his career at 499. Jeez. I kind of get that. A little OCD in me, like, ugh. But if the kids really want to play, let them play. I'm just not going to be personally invested in it. If if they make it to the NIT, I'm not going to want them to lose. But I'm not going to want this to have any ramifications on the future of K-State basketball. That doesn't count as postseason. You get, don't do that. We've been there before. It's destructive. The line is clear for me, and you could have it in the NCAA tournament. For me, it's the field of 64. It always has been. So, I I don't know. I mean, I hope he can get 500, but the only way they're going to do it is some form of postseason. And I think the kids want to keep playing. I think these guys really enjoy each other. And maybe they would be good if they stepped out of conference and got to go play in the – what's the other one? The CB – the Vegas Eight. The Vegas, the Ocho Eight. That no, that is the Vegas Ocho. The yeah, whatever. I just confused the hell out of myself. I need a beer. Let's move on. Next question comes from Powercat Ryan. Assuming that there is a change made at head coach for men's basketball, is there a candidate that is attainable and able to re-energize the fan base? Or are we in a timeline that no matter what vocal social media fans will call a failure? until he fails because that section of the fan base is so toxic right now. How does this play out in your crystal ball? I think there are plenty of guys that can come in and win the press conference. I mean, that's been, that's the problem is if you hire someone to win the press conference, you might have a good day, but then you're in the KU football loop. And, you know, I I mean, you need someone that has substance. And I don't know if there's a Huggins out there. I think that's what he's asking. Someone that would immediately ignite everyone. Like, like, Bob, <laughs> why, why settle for second when the first is available? Good said. That's good. That's a good quote, Bob. Um, but there's some guys that I think people would enjoy the brand, um, which I, I like. As, as Jake put so well on, on, that, on his appearance on the Bosco's Boys podcast, uh, the culture that can establish a culture that spreads into the fan base like K State used to have. Um, 
and had with Barry too, as he pointed out correctly. But yeah, it was really strong when Jake was here because fear of the beard, everyone was invested. You know, everyone loved K State basketball. So I've got some guys that I've mentioned in the past on other talk shows, like Chris Jans, who comes with some black eyes, comes with some controversy in his background, but I, I think would be a really good fit. And I think also something you want to look for in the next coach is is not a rising star necessarily. I'm not saying I don't want that, but I don't want someone who's just going to pass through for three years and move on. I think that's a really difficult loop to get yourselves caught in. Somehow Baylor football has survived it. They've done an incredible job of hiring. But when you get in that loop of guys coming and going, even if you're good, it's still very difficult to, to persist and keep that going. So there's some guys that people are talking about, and I'm like, well, okay, but I don't think he would want to stay here. This is not his place. You have to have a culture fit. I fully believe that. And there will be people, there will be coaches, there will be candidates that are very highly desired, right? We've talked about them. And so there are no new names to anybody. But when you have guys that are the, yeah, but, right, that's where the toxic part of the fan base comes in play. Oh, Sean Miller, guess what? He would He's a great coach. He won all this, but he cheated at Arizona. So you're going to have that part of the fan base that loves to hire. Then you're going to have that part of the fan base that says, but there's going to be like that with every single coach. Yeah, he's a great rising star coach, but he's never coached at the Power 5 level before. That just comes with the territory. There's no single candidate that is going to be 100% backed by the fans. At least that I can think of off the top of my head. And I don't know how you guys feel. Maybe there's one. Maybe there's two. But uh, there's going to be the yeah, but. Like, that's what it's going to be. And so if you are a fan, you, you, you have the right to be skeptical of whatever the hire is. I fully believe that. Because K-State basketball has not been good. And so until they win, you can be skeptical. It's not Nobody's saying you have to jump on board and, and fully be invested right away. You, it is your right as a fan to be skeptical until you are bought in. But again, you have the yeah, but section where people are going to like it and people are not going to like it. That's just that's just how it is. I didn't listen to the whole Bosco Boys podcast. I only read you know the, the whole tidbit that you put up on Go Power Cat Fit. So stop me if I'm wrong here. But why does it matter if the environment, atmosphere, culture is more fun? Winning is winning. You mentioned that earlier. K-State's 14 and 15 right now. That's a problem. They had these close games, but they, they aren't winning. Wins are wins. Losses are losses. It doesn't matter about luck like we talked about. It doesn't matter how sexy they are. Wins are wins. Losses are losses. So I don't get why, you know, Fear the Beard was, was awesome, and, and that's great. But why does something like that have to be there? If you're winning games, that's all that I care about. Well, <clears throat> here's what he means by culture, and it's exactly what I've been saying about a locker room. A culture is is the players handing down to each other what it takes to win at Kansas State or any other school. Okay. And that's how you perpetuate a program. And a head coach can play a role in that. And I've often said, and he he said it too, that this is Bruce Weber's weakness. He doesn't establish the alpha in the locker room. He inherited Rodney, and he inherited the culture Frank had built with how you play basketball at Kansas State. Can you define what Kansas State basketball is about right now? No, but you look at it as the cause and effect the opposite way I do. You look at that, no, because they're losing. 
I look at it as they're losing because they don't have a culture, yes. not the other way around. Sure. And what he's saying is he hit the jackpot, which we all agree with Barry Brown. The guy was an alpha that completely took over that locker room and let it. And it's not been the same since. And the shame of it is if Mark Smith had made a different decision when he left Illinois and come to Kansas State, I think this program would be rocking because that guy's an alpha. And he's showing it this year. He just doesn't have enough skin in the game as a one-year transfer to probably reform things. But what Jake's talking about, it wasn't just fear the beard. It was the whole Dobermans, the way they played defense, the way they played basketball. And the fans were invested, and they understood. He mentioned that when there was a bad call, the fans would react, well, Frank doesn't like the call. And it, you think it's bad now. It was unbelievable. It was intimidating. <clears throat> so I, I understand totally what he's saying. But for me, it's more driven by having a team that holds each other accountable on and off the court for excellence, for this is how we do it. This is the right way. And you're not doing it the right way. They lost control of it with Marcus Foster. And honestly, they lost control of it with Cartier Jada, who Jake said was a good leader. And I'm going to, that's the only thing I'm going to disagree with him. He didn't say it in that quote. He was part of that quote, but he kind of wandered off. I left it out. I think, I think Cartier was another bad leader. He was a leader. Yeah. But he didn't lead him in the right direction. He wanted to lead him into whatever gave him more stats. So I, I think the culture thing is, is legitimate, but I look at it more as, as a locker room of a, a positive environment. And, and just kind of aside, I had someone text me, he's climbing the real thing. And I, and I think they're going to get there because the same thing. There's a culture now in the locker room where the players are holding each other accountable. And, and I wanted to just quickly add on that, Fitz, because Bruce, you, you didn't mention this, but Bruce relies on players to right. build the culture. The culture starts with the coach. The culture the culture starts with the leadership. It is the coach's responsibility to institute a culture. And there isn't one. Bruce hasn't done that. Bruce doesn't do that. The culture with Barry Brown, Dean Wade, and Kamal Stokes was that it was Barry Brown, Dean Wade, and Kamal Stokes. Mm-hmm. After them, there was no culture. There was no there's no expectations. And that just goes with holding your players accountable. And that falls back on the coaching staff, and it falls back on leadership. I'm just going to be really blunt here. You're, you're not holding your players accountable by constantly going to the post-game press conference and finding a reason they lost other than the fact that we weren't good enough to win. We weren't prepared enough. We weren't precise enough. I agree Monday night the refs screwed K-State, well, John Higgins, over. <laughs> but it's always something. As I've said, there's always a crutch upon which his players can lean and not be accountable for the loss. And that is my ongoing issue here. You have to be held accountable for the wins and the losses and understanding what it takes to achieve success. Side note, what is the penalty for a player criticizing officials I don't think in the post-game one. press conference? Or maybe the coach gets fined. Because yeah, we know the coach will get fined, but if you know, Mike's could... Mike's talking. He's like, "Yeah, I can't really say anything on that." It's like, Mike, I, I don't <laughs> think you're not going to get fined. Uh, you're not going to get suspended, are you? I don't think I'd, so. I don't think you're going to find the coach for what the player says. And did it sound like in postseason last night there was someone throwing a chair in the background? There's what was going on? There was something <laughs> going on in post game last night. It was Man, weird. Very weird. Fitz and Cole, real quick, you guys are 100% right. I'm not trying to argue this yeah. at all, but, you know, it's when you have a, a coach, a coach needs to establish the culture. I right. 100% agree. But when you have that Rodney or Barry Brown, 
who is the coach in the locker room, that's a thousand times better than the coach having to to be that leader. When you have that leader, it's no, awesome. I, so, so that's why the highs are so high, and then the lows can be so low. But the job, the coach's job is to help form that leader. Mm-hmm. I agree. And that's what Frank did with Jake. Yeah, I agree. I mean, think about that. Jake came in with Michael Beasley. At no point did anyone in that recruiting class regard Jake Pullen as the alpha. You had Bill Walker. You had Dominic Sutton. I'm forgetting other people. But Jake became that guy, not just because he was good. I mean, in reality, in basketball in particular, it helps if your best player is your guy. But um, he, he just set that, established it, and then passed it on to Rodney. And that's that's what's maddening about it is after Barry, the recruiting had been so absent, there was nobody in line to take over. They thought it'd be Cartier, but again – there wasn't any preparation for him to be that, just a feeling that it will be him. And I, I, it wasn't. And they haven't had a true leader until really, because Nigel Pack's a great player, but I don't think he's, he's, nobody would say he's an alpha. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. He's halfway done. Yeah. Um, but Mark Smith is. Mm-hmm. And I wish they'd had him longer. I, I wonder now, I'm, I need to ask Mark this before he's done. Do you regret not coming here earlier? It's a good question. And and if his answer is yes, and somehow, some way, Bruce makes it and stays, they need to hammer that answer over the head of recruits all over the all over the place. This guy went to the the big schools to find a bunch of success, but he was happiest here. And if he'd been here, there would have been that success. Does Xavier Sneed not get enough criticism because he only had one year? Instead of, you know, Cartier had technically two years to be a, a leader. <clears throat> yeah, I just don't think X was ever that kind of guy. But again, maybe he would have been if he'd been counseled to be that guy. But, um, yeah, that, that just shows it doesn't necessarily have to be your best player. Yeah. It doesn't. You can be someone else. And, and I, think, I think Mike McGurl is a great leader, but I don't think he's regarded as he does everything right. We all get frustrated with Mike and, you know, some of the mistakes he makes. And I don't think he should be a starter. I mean, last night was different because Marquise was out. But, um, yeah, I just think you've got to have a guy rise up. And that's what the next coach is going to have to do. And so every successful coach does. They go in and identify the guy. Chris Kleiman did it with Skyler. Is your team. And Skyler embraced that. And I think the program benefited from it. From Turn KSU, what is the most important qualification for the new basketball coach, i.e. Power 5 experience, K-State ties, recruiting, etc.? None of that. Winning. Just be a winner. Yeah. I mean, look at Mark Adams at Tech. <clears throat> What's his background? Abilene Christian? What did he coach at? He hadn't coached since like the early 2000s, I don't think. He was, I think he was a part of the athletic department at Tech, mm-hmm. I believe, which is kind of... Weird to come out of that and come coach Power 5 basketball, but he's been awesome for sure. Uh, he was a assistant at Little Rock in 15-16. Um, he was head – here we go. Here's his head coaching experience. Howard. Oh, my God. He's – I mean, I didn't realize he was this old. I, I don't mean that. He's 65. Howard Community College. Sorry, not Howard. Howard Community College in 2004 to 2013. Was it community college, really? Yep, okay. in Texas. Clarendon College, Texas, Wayland Baptist, West Texas A&M, Texas Pan American, which is interesting. Um, 
and then Howard College, then Little Rock as assistant, and Tech as assistant for the Chris Beard time there, and then here he is. Nothing about that resume says he deserved the job. Not one thing, but Kirby Hocutt recognized exactly what Zach said. The guy knows how to coach, and he's a winner. He has been a winner in the past. Let's do it. It's the comfortable move. I think the one mistake you can make is is hiring someone that isn't over their head and gets overwhelmed. And I'm talking about Shane. I think Shane's going to be a head coach someday. But, he, folks, he's nowhere near being ready for that kind of – even if you put a guy just like this. I mean, this is – if you hire someone younger, you want to mark Adams at his side. No doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. But I, it, he's just too green. I hope to God he gets to stay because I think he can help keep any – players around that you might want to keep. And plus, I think he could be the head coach here sometime. But for me, it's just got to be the right guy, and that can be defined different ways. Some people want Sean Miller. I get that. I'm not opposed to that because, ironically, almost everything he got in trouble for is now legal, basically. Crazy. Um, but, yeah, I, there's a number of guys that I'm all in on. But Someone that's had success everywhere and um, – I feel like we'll come here to build something, not to build his career. It's not about him. It's about the program. Mm-hmm. Next question comes from Get Out More Cat. What would the salary need to be to lure Brad Underwood back? And what would Chris Kleiman's salary need to be there if they did that? That's that I had a buddy say, Fitz, well, it was Southpaw, said, Fitz, K-State can afford Brad Underwood. No doubt about it. This is how smart this dude is. But he said they can't afford him not to fail. They can't afford him failing because then they're in trouble. But can they afford him and the raise that Kleiman will need? Because let's be honest, football pays the bills. Basketball helps. Football pays the bills. Basketball helps. So how do you have a basketball coach getting paid significantly more than your football coach who just went to a bowl game? So you're going to have to raise him. And I don't know that any of us are comfortable with that. And honestly, as much as nobody, there's nobody possibly that would want Brad to be head coach more than myself, um, other than maybe his wife. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I think even Susan would recognize that Illinois is in a different fiscal position for paying coaches than Kansas State. It just is. It's a bigger alumni base, bigger university, bigger market. So I, I don't. I don't know if there's an equation that will get Brad here, but um, I would love it. To counter that argument, let's say you do decide to invest in basketball. You pay Brad. Hey, you finally get to renovate your arena, make it look nice and spiffy. You get really good fan engagement for basketball. And if Chris Kleiman has football rocking, of course you're going to pay him. So I don't think that you look at the equation at least this year. Let's say you do get Brad and you have, you, you have to pay him. We, we understand the math and what it would take to get him here. And I'm sure they could make it happen if they wanted to. But I don't think that Chris Kleiman sees that and says, well, boy, I think I deserve a lot more money right now. And, and really, right now, Chris Kleiman doesn't need the money himself. The staff needs yeah. the money. It's not about... It's not about Chris. It's about the whole football side of things. So, and really, if you're not going to increase the money in football like you are, you might as well have a good basketball team. 
I I can never imagine Chris calling up Gene and saying, "Hey, you gave him a lot of money. I want that's not that's not the kind of guy he is. It's part of the reason why I think he fits so well here. But I think Gene uh, in in the pecking order of his his business would see the inequity in it. Not because they're friends. It wouldn't. It has nothing to do with that. But he would understand how important football is financially rather than basketball. I I would love it. I don't see it happening, but I'll just uh, tease this. He will be on the hot board because you have to. I mean, we're not doing our job. We don't put him out here. We will have a, a, a top tier of guys that would be like national hires, you know, the guys that kind of make a big splash. And kind of going back to Powercat Ryan's question about is there a candidate is, That's that where is I was attainable? Going. Is Brad Underwood attainable? Yes, but it's like asking for a PS5 the moment it came out for Christmas and hoping it's under the tree. Yeah, you might be able to get one, and and maybe there's a shot. Do you have a good shot? I don't know. It's going to be a lot of hoping and praying when you're opening up those Christmas presents Christmas morning. Good one, Cole. I, I thought I was the. I was going to say I thought I was the one that makes analogies around here. No, so you make uh, a new one. Come on, beat me. So how good's a PS5 uh, without all of the 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 add-ons? So, okay, so the chair, the the all the other stuff you could get. Really, I you're hoping no you're idea. hoping that Brad Underwood is willing to be the digital version of the PS5 and not the disc version of the PS5. And to counter that, you have a really nice TV with football. Thanks, dude. Yes, dude. But you have to get a nicer TV to make the PS5 look even better. Oh, my goodness. So the question then becomes, will your inter- entertainment be fully satisfied? Will, to draw this all back, will the bottom line increase because in this hypothetical sense, not only do you have basketball that is heading in the right direction, you have football that is heading in the right direction. The buy-in for the university starts to get as a whole, and this is where you get two programs really heading in the right direction because if you do make this higher – you will have a majority of the fan base supporting Chris Hyman, and now you have a majority of the fan base supporting basketball. It doesn't matter what the records are. If they are supportive, they will go to games. If they go to games, enrollment will increase, and then the cycle starts to go. So my question has always been all along is what it takes to get a big-time coach, especially somebody like Brad, who will be fully embraced. Is it worth it in the long run? And to me – Without knowing any of the finances, it just makes sense to say that, yes, it seems like it would be worth it. Well, you don't go – I'll say this. You don't go and hire a Sean Miller and then say, but you can't do any of that stuff that you did. You know, I mean, you got to hire them for what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think K-State would be successful for with Brad. But as as someone once told me, coaching at your alma mater – is a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. The losses hurt exponentially more because they're not just coaching losses. They're alma mater losses because, you know, we, we understand that coaches go to work for other schools, but most of the time, and I remember Henson and Kruger talking about this for, with one of the K-State games, they were in the airport coming back from their own game at UNLV and they're watching K-State on TV in the airport, and they actually got them to hold the plane to catch the end of the game. 
when you're an alumni of Kansas State, you're always an alumni of Kansas State. It's not a pass-through university where you come. I, folks, I know you won't believe this, but I guarantee you, Brent Venables wants Kansas State to win every football game, probably except for the ones he plays against Oklahoma now. That's it. You're invested in the game. You're invested, and it's important to you. So, I, I don't know. I know Brad would want to be here. Last question of the podcast comes from Durya. Baseball, is it too early to throw the bag on the baseball team? I assume Cole's going to say no. One in five isn't an encouraging start. If not, what's a reasonable expectation for this team, and how likely do they meet it? Honestly? Was I right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, to be honest with you. They, they haven't opened with a schedule like this before. No. It's hard to tell because they lost by one run to uh, – CSU Bakersfield on Friday night. They lost by one run on Saturday night to CSU Bakersfield. Then they kicked their butt on Sunday. So that, if you, again, we talk about they're not good enough to close out wins, right? Go back to basketball. They could very easily have a winning record right now. Um, I, I, it's it's baseball. It's so much different than any other sport, right. particularly college baseball. Right. You have you play a lot of games. Like, sure, it's not over yet, but they have to get going. I'll I'll say that. This is about what 30 40 game 30ish game say they played 30 games in a major league season. They're probably like 10 games under 500 right now. So that's not good, but and they just started the season. Yeah, but there's 162 games in a major league season. Not this season. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> oh, why? Why do you hurt me like this? Why do you bring that up? You know, the math something like that. They got to get going, but as far as talent I'm not ready to say, no, they're not very talented. And I know people have talked about this on our boards, but they have a lot of talent on this team. They just have to figure out how to play together because it's a brand new team. So. Yeah, that's exactly – that's what I meant by college baseball. People don't understand this. Everything you're seeing with the transfer portal right now in football and basketball, this has been going on in baseball forever. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to know the name of any K-State starting pitcher. Mm-mm. Unless you've been following along offseason, they're all new. They're all transfers. And the whole – there's returning guys, but for the most part, the roster is completely rebuilt. So it's going to take them a while to be cohesive. and But, Cole, I get back to this. This is why you're at a disadvantage in a state like Kansas. You would have been outside playing game, simulated games a lot more in a warm-weather state and building that bond. Instead, you're inside Hitting of inside. a horrible Brandenberry that maybe a line drive will knock it over in case they just had a bases-loaded opportunity and screwed it up. Season's over. That's happened a lot so far this yeah. year. Very, very frustrating baseball. So I, we'll see. Let's just let this play out a little. It's so early in the season. I think the expectation is still the same. If you ask the coaches, the expectation is still the same. I mean, win the games that you can win, and you're right back around 500, and have a chance to control your own destiny in the Big 12. Like they have, they have the hitting talent. I think they have the starting pit. The starting pitching has looked very good. Minus one game. Minus. Well, minus their third starter. They haven't really figured out who that's going to be yet. But Blake Adams and Connor McCullough have looked excellent. So they're going to have a chance to win every single game they play. And they have a chance to win every single game they play, then if you're good enough, you'll create your own luck. Oh, she went back to it. He had to go back to it. He just he doesn't let go of stuff, Zach. What are we going to do about him? Handle this. There we go. Is that it? That's it. Isn't it right? We ended on baseball. Okay. That's it for the podcast. Folks, try to make it to Bramlage on Saturday. 
And if you're really a brave customer, then go to Aggieville. It's fake baddies day, which is no longer officially recognized by anyone, but still happens. You can see some handsome bartenders. You're not going to there. You guys won't be open. I guarantee it. They will decide not to stay open at all. Yeah. Is that still up in the air? As of now, they're open. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Wild times, then. This could be this could be one of the best fake patties day in a while. Then, if if every place is going to be open and no porta potties in the middle of the street, I wonder if my neighbor's going to have a party. We've got a rental behind us that, in the past, I've had a party, and it made me feel like uh, I was still part of the gang. We got a fake days, fake patties day party in your basically backyard. You know what's weird about rentals on this side of town, oh, or at least in your they're, house? They're coming. They're going. It's weirder when you venture out further west, because I had one last year. They bumped their music at 3 in the morning. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, odd. We have our back fence neighbors are a rental, one of our two back fence neighbors, and they are the best neighbors we have. Well, not the best we have, but they're really good neighbors. Those kids shut it down at 10 and move inside every time. And... They also park a boat in their backyard, so I can feel like I'm at the lake at any moment. Kind of like K-State basketball, just floating along and all of a sudden you're sinking. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast, all rights reserved, gopowercat.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.